Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tested the Lord as good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected have become the capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, which is priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you, as aliens and strangers in the world, to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that, through, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Good morning. Can you hear me clearly at the back? Great. Shall we pray? Father God, we do thank you for your word to us. And we pray that you would be with each one of us now. You would help us to explore your word together, to see something new of you, so that we may become more and more like the people that you have called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but I love the programme Grand Designs. Anybody else with me on this? Great. It's a wonderful programme, isn't it? It's, uh, it's just so brilliant. I love its host, um, Kevin MacLeod, but also it appeals to me just for so many reasons. But it just is an incredible thing, the way that um, a sketch on a piece of paper or an idea, a dream in somebody's head becomes a reality. It's just amazing to watch that happen, isn't it? And to see something so unique be created and um, come into being brick by brick. And um, I just find it wonderful to watch and often how extravagant the building is and, and the hard work that it takes. And of course all the stressful moments along the way which make it rather compelling viewing. And it's one of my favourites. And um, out of all the episodes that I've watched, my favourite has to be um, a house that was built in Cornwall by a young designer, interior designer, and she had a dream of building a house. She had a plot of land that her mother allowed her to build on the end of her mum's garden in Cornwall. And um, 
it was just an amazing episode to see this house being built and come into being. And what it was for me that I loved particularly about this building was that this designer had this real love of bricks and brickwork and she'd used that in other places and it was what made this building so special and she left a lot of the brickwork um, just exposed and unrendered and it made it really striking. But the bricks that she loved and she used were not your ordinary, very uniform type of bricks that are often used in house building. But instead, these were all the bricks that had been thrown out as um, not being quite perfect enough and um, other builders hadn't wanted to use them. So she was able to get them quite cheaply and created something really, really beautiful by all these rough, misshapen and uneven bricks. And the finished house was incredible to look at. We've heard this morning in our reading, haven't we, a message from God's word about a building project, God's grand design. And the passage that we've heard read to us is taken from Peter's letters, and they form part of what is known as the general letters, and general in the sense that they're written to a wide audience rather than being sent to a particular church or group of people. They were written to new Christians who were scattered across a wide area and so they are universal in their appeal. And they're very, very encouraging um, letters and this particular passage that we heard read is one of the best known and best loved passages and it is because of that encouragement that it holds for Christians that it has become known as that and when it was um, first written and heard it was um, very much in a difficult time people were finding themselves in amidst uh, persecution and it was difficult to stand firm as a Christian and so this word comes into that situation And I'm sure maybe they would have felt quite isolated and lacking in direction and leadership. Maybe they felt like builders without a project manager at that part time. But um, actually this word comes in and I'm sure that it would have brought them real encouragement and spurred them on in their faith and encouraged them to stand firm. But how do we receive this message of God's word brought to us today? How does it find each one of us? What does it say to us as God's people here at Christchurch in 2010? Let's explore together, shall we? If we can have the next slide. It seems to be inevitable that nine times out of ten, there always seems to be a stage during Grand Designs, each episode, each project, when it seems like the project is going to fail. I'm sure that's what makes it compelling viewing and good TV, isn't it? But uh, it's that moment when the builders are running late, the weather's absolutely awful and everything's been put back, the owners are running out of money and everybody's running out of time and energy and patience. And the camera always seems to cut to that pile of bricks a heap of dry plaster, a plot of land bereft of a building. 
Peter wants to encourage the original recipients of this letter and the message that they are not laying around aimlessly and redundant. That they have a purpose. That it hasn't all been for nothing. That God has a plan for them as his people. And he aims to encourage them to stand firm and to keep their faith in Jesus. And he wants them to be assured that they are chosen by God and precious to him. And one of the things that really strikes me about this passage is how active it is. Peter uses the present tense to paint this picture in the language that he uses. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. This isn't simply about events in the past or about something that they can look forward to in the future. It isn't a one-off event. What Peter is talking about is a constant and continuous process that begins when we come to him, when we begin as Christians and our journey with him. It's everything that follows after that. And I know from my own journey and life as a Christian that there are those highs and lows. There are the times when we feel really connected to God and close to him and are close to what's happening and we can see what he's doing and it's all really exciting. There are also the times when we can feel a bit like that pile of bricks, kind of thrown, discarded, unused, useless. And I wonder if we're honest this morning how we find ourselves How do we see ourselves? Do we feel connected to God, close to him, and very much a part of his work and all that he's doing? Or do we feel disconnected and as though we can't really see the work that's happening in our lives as individuals and also in our life as a church community here? Do we long to know the reality of God's building in our lives? Can I have the next slide, please? In a building project, the most important moment, I've been finding out about this, it's been very interesting this week, is the laying of the foundation stone or the cornerstone. Because it's so, so crucial to everything that happens from that point. The way the whole building will look and how strong that building will be. And it's the first stone that set this cornerstone And then everything else is set in reference to that stone. So its focus, its orientation, the position, the strength of the whole structure. And in our reading, we've heard Peter describe Jesus as being the cornerstone. And he takes his lead, this image of him as cornerstone, is taken from the Old Testament. And when we look at Isaiah 28, verse 16, for instance, we can see there Jesus referred to as a tested stone, a precious stone for a strong foundation, so that the one who trusts will never be dismayed. And just as the original hearers of this letter needed to be reminded of this crucial point, then so do we this morning need to hear that message as well. Because when we apply the significance of that, then we need to recognise that we are not a people as Christians who are called just to do 
their own thing to get on with what we think might be a quite a good idea or what we'd like to do. But instead, we need to be constantly and actively seeking God and seeking Jesus, recognising where he's at work, where he's leading us, where he's directing us to be and what to do. And it's a reassurance as well when we realise that actually what we do in our lives as Christians and as a Christian community here actually isn't about us having to strive to build something ourselves. But actually we recognise that Jesus is there within it and that he is directing the work and he is, he's there before us, he's gone before us. And it isn't something, I think, that happens almost just by accident, but actually there is this image of us actively seeking God. Let's continue, shall we? (laughs) We all okay? No damage to the ears. (laughs) We will continue. (laughs) But there is this reassurance, isn't there, that we need to be seeking God and that actually that is part of our lives as Christians. Let's move on to the next slide, if we can. As I mentioned, my favourite episode, all-time favourite episode of Grand Designs, has to be the one where a young interior designer called Catherine Tyler builds a house at the bottom of her mother's garden in Cornwall. And um, I said earlier at the other service as well, I just have this dream always, and I think I'm probably in the wrong job, but one day, maybe, the vicarage will be redesigned and uh, we can go for something like this if the budget will stretch. But um, Catherine is a a woman who loves the look of this brickwork and that's what she uses in her design. And it was a really, really interesting um, project to watch coming into being because actually, unlike a lot of the buildings that you see on this programme, it wasn't so extravagant. And what she chooses to use are these bricks that have been thrown away by other builders because they're not quite right, they don't quite fit, they're not quite perfect enough. So she uses what's been rejected by others and she uses all these misshapen bricks, the ones with the rough edges, the little bits and pieces. And actually, what she makes is something really, really beautiful. But it was quite fascinating to watch that the brick layer that she employed, his take on this building was very different because actually he had his work cut out because it would have been far easier to build something that was much more uniform and he could just get the the job done quickly. But instead, he actually had to go about choosing each brick that fitted each particular place and actually use lots and lots of mortar to hold the thing together and to make it firm. But it was just incredible to watch. Nobody could imagine how wonderful the site would be when the house was finished. A pile of stones, useless, 
until they find their purpose. Peter was encouraging the recipients of his letter to allow themselves to be a part of what God is building. And I believe that we too today need to be encouraged and spurred on in this as well. We need to be reminded that we are God's people, that we have a place, each and every one of us, a place and a part to play. And I think we need to be encouraged to allow God to be at work within us as individuals and as a church. We need to allow God to shape us and to make us and to build us up into the people that he wants us to be. And we need to be mindful that it's not that we all need to be exactly the same, not uniform, but each unique, all belonging together and chosen by God and precious to him and together creating something really, really beautiful. And we need to be mindful too, I think, of what it is that holds us in place. Like I say, that building took an awful lot of mortar because actually to make it stand, it needed that. And actually what holds us is God's love, isn't it? And actually we need to be mindful of that. And this passage even goes as far to say, in the beginning and the end, it says, get rid of those things that don't belong that actually I don't want in my building, that's, that's not actually, they don't have a place. And you can read those things in the passage. Actually, just get rid of the things that aren't of love and be held together by my love and be built up in me and through me. If you can have the final slide, please. So finally then, what is the purpose of this building? Why does it exist? Peter's words are that we are like living stones, not a part of a lifeless building, but a spiritual house, a people who exist to glorify God, a royal priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices to God, offering to God our lives and our whole selves so that we might bring him glory, allowing ourselves to be shaped and to to fit God's purposes and like I say to let go of all the things that hinder that and that don't allow that to happen in the way that God wants I'm going to finish off with this one living stones not a dead lifeless place but a place alive in the Holy Spirit a place full to bursting with life so that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his most wonderful light. What a wonderful image. That's why we exist, to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his most wonderful light. Being a community of people whose lives speak, being individuals whose lives speak to those around us who do not know the love of Jesus, but that somehow, because of us, they're drawn to it. They can't help it, but they're drawn to it. And so this morning, I want us to um, finish, really, just with those questions. I think it might be different for each one of us. What do we want to take away from God's word this morning? We know and we've been reassured that God is the builder. He is at work 
Maybe we need to be reminded this morning that we are chosen by him and precious to him. I think often we need to hear that, don't we? And Maybe we need to hear that this morning. He's chosen each one of us to be a part of his wonderful work. But we also need to remember that we don't exist in isolation. That God calls each and every one of us to allow him to shape us and to mend us and to make us together into something that he is creating. And therefore we need to be able to let go of those things that hinder us as individuals and that hinder us as a community here. We need to lay those things down, the things that don't belong in God's house. We need to know that we are held together by his love and that all of this so that we may declare his praises and bring others and draw others into that experience of his love so that their lives may be changed just as ours have been. We're going to um, have some time to worship now and um, we're going to be using a song that Tim's going to lead us in. But um, as we do that, I'd encourage you, sometimes it's really helpful to do something practical when we've um, listened to God's word and we've explored that. And at the front here near the table, there's a pile of stones, small stones. And if it's helpful for you, while we sing this next song, you might want to come and to just take one of those and to take that away as a reminder actually that you are chosen by God you are precious to him and almost that sense of commitment as well as an individual but as a community here that you want to be a part of what God is building that you're committed to seeking him and that you're committed to getting rid of those things that each of us have in our lives that God wants us to be free of So please do, if you'd like to, come forward during this next song and take one of those, take it home, let it be a reminder of how God has spoken to you. This is your house, and we your people, the object of your love, purchased by your blood, we are living stones built together to receive the glories of your grace. I think we'll start this again, shall we?
This is your house, and we are people. That's no better, is it? Let's be honest. This is your house, and we your people, the object of your love, purchased by your blood. We are living stones, built together to reveal the glories of your grace. And by your grace, and by the power that works within us, and by your word, as we daily seek your face, we'll choose to live for you and die to our way, so we can be your holy dwelling place. Fill your house with glory, fill your house with praise, Father. Fill your house with prayer for all the nations. To your house a blessing, let the nations run to worship Jesus. Oh, let the people come to worship Jesus. Oh, let the people come. This is your house, and we your people. The object of your love, purchased by your blood, we are living stones built together to reveal the glories of your grace. And by your grace, and by the power that works within us, and by your word, as we daily seek your face, we'll choose to live for you and die to our way, so we can be your holy dwelling place. Fill your house with glory, fill your house with praise. Father, fill your house with prayer for all the nations. To your house a blessing, let the nations run to worship Jesus. Oh, let the people come. Fill your house with glory. Fill your house with praise, Father. Fill your house 
with prayer for all the nations to your house of blessing let the nations run to worship Jesus oh let the people come to worship Jesus Oh, let the people with glory fill your house with praise Father fill your house with prayer for all the nations to your house of blessing let the nations run to worship Jesus Oh, let the people come. We're going to move into our prayer time now. We're going to use the chorus as a refrain. And then in the space in between the refrain, just feel free to pray prayers quietly in your own heart and mind. Or if you'd rather, you can speak those out. Or feel free to sing a prayer, whatever you'd rather do. But please don't feel under pressure to do that. Just uh, do what you're comfortable with. So we're going to stand, please. And then I'll guide us so that we know what we're going to pray for. Three sections. We're going to pray for the world, the nations. And then we're going to pray for the church. And then finally we're going to pray for our lives of faith. But I'll tell us uh, each of those moments, okay? So let's sing the chorus through. Fill your house with glory, fill your house with praise, Father. Fill your house with prayer for all the nations, to your house 
shouts of blessing, let the nations run to worship Jesus. Oh, let the people come. Okay, so let's pray for the nations.